Divorce Recovery Stories. I'm Rick. I hope you're well. I am here tonight with George. Howdy, everybody. George, let's start with some icebreakers. All right. What was your first car? My first car was a Plymouth Turismo, 1986. You know, you're not the first person to tell me their first car was a Plymouth. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Plymouths. Oh, it was a fast little 2.2 turbo. Is that what it is? Five-speed manual. Oh, it was fun. How old were you? 18. Of course. Yeah, 18, you want the fast car, so that, that makes sense. That's what I could afford. I wanted a truck. But hey. My first car was a 1989 Chevy Lumina. It was $1,000. I was 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, Those that... things had one heck of a long nose. Yes, they did. My parents had one. Yes, they, yeah. they weren't quite the boats of, you know, maybe the decades prior, but they were the boat of the 80s, yes. I think. On <laughs> car, though. Yeah, yeah, it was great. You know what I miss? I miss bench seats. Yes. I wish they would bring back bench seats. Everything now has to have a center console and five cup holders. Yes. I miss bench seats. Yeah, made them. <laughs> George, how old are you? 53. 53. And just to get a little background on you, you are married. Correct. How long have you been married? 18 and a half years. 18 and a half years. Yes. Now, obviously, you're on this podcast, so you were also married prior. Correct. <laughs> How long were you married before that? Well, let's see, eight and a half years to the separation, then that was finalized just a day or two before it would have been our kept anniversary. And you got married in your early 20s? Mid-20s, yeah, early 20s, something like that. Mid-20s, early 20s, and you were married for just shy of 10 years. Yep. So you guys were together for a little under a third of your life. Ooh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. at that time. Right. A little, now, obviously not so much. You've been with your current wife. Right. Longer. <laughs> much longer. So much better. Much better. Oh, yeah. That's, I think, what people want to hear. Like, hey... There's hope. It can be better. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where did you meet your former spouse? At the old Star Palace country dancing. Country dancing? Yep. So you just were on the dance floor. You saw someone said, hey. Not exactly. So a co-worker of mine was telling me about this gal he'd met country dancing, and it intrigued me. So... We went, and I made him point me out, to point her out to me. And you took it from there? I did. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And she took a liking to you, obviously, or to country dancing, one of the two. Well, both, but yeah. <laughs> so then, from the, how long did you guys date? Uh, not long enough, obviously. Eight, nine months, maybe. That's longer than a lot of people. Well, I mean, yeah. I know some people say you should date, you know, at least a year. Some people say, you know, especially where we live, you get maybe three months right. sometimes. <laughs> uh, but eight, nine months, that's... Yes. Uh, well, that was from the time we met till we were married. Did you start dating right away? No, it took a little bit. Okay. So it wasn't a home run right away? No. What was, well, 
Let's a little bit about your former spouse. How how would you describe her? Now or before? Let's do both. Okay. Before, um, oh, she was pretty and awesome. Great to be around. Pretty darn good dancer. So, you know, but now, current, I have zero contact with her. And that's absolutely necessary because of our kids we had together. So, she is, um, how to put it, so it's not terribly rude. She's not completely stable. So I, I don't want you to necessarily get into insulting her, but when you say not completely stable, um, you mean like maybe a little bipolar, she's prone to anger issues or depression or anxiety or, or what are we talking about? All of the above. I, I, I don't think it's anything super major, but they're there. Is she on medication of any kind or has she ever been while you guys were I, together? She wasn't while we were together and I have no idea. Were those issues when you were married as well? Anger for sure. But depression, I don't, I, I didn't see it. So I don't know. You know, I was young and dumb. Well, mid twenties. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We, we were all there. Uh, no judgment here. I got married at 19. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, you, you don't make great decisions at that point. <laughs> right. How would she describe you? I couldn't begin to guess. Not even back then? Back then, she would have probably said I had anger issues. But she would have said good dad. But other than that, I don't. That's all I can say. You guys were married for 10 years, or just shy of 10 years. How, how many kids did you have together? Two. Two Boy kids. and a girl. Boy and a girl. How long were you married before they came along? Our boy came along a month after our first anniversary. So it was pretty early. Yeah. And I started having kids. Right. Now, she had two before. Oh, she had kids already? Yeah. She had been married twice before and had a kid in each marriage. Did that come across as a red flag to you at all at the time? It or? didn't. Should have, but it didn't. Both those marriages were just I, under two years. And there was, I know for a fact there was abuse in the first one from her ex. And his family said that. Okay. And the second one, the way she taught, maybe there was, but I got to know him pretty well, especially after we got divorced. You, you made friends with him even so, before the divorce then? Well, after we got separated, yeah, because his daughter would come hang, be with me and the other two kids quite often. And so, you know, we communicated back and forth a little bit. That makes sense. Okay, so there would be some contact between you and the second husband, not so much the first husband. It sounds none like. at all the first husband. Okay, so none at all the first husband. He actually gave me permission to adopt 
his son, but it didn't happen. So there was a lot of trust in you. I don't know. He never met me. I think he was thinking, oh, I can not be bothered ever again. I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, not great motivation, but he's not wrong. The second husband, did you form an opinion uh, about him or his, his character? After we got separated and going through the divorce and I got to know him a little better, um, he wasn't what she said, I don't think. Because he too remarried and is still married to that same person. So that's getting close to, that's getting close to 30 years now. But at the time you were married, she had told you a description of him. Right. And you thought that was accurate. Yeah. And so that didn't get disproven until you and her separated. Yeah. I think that's normal. Yeah. Right? For, for a lot of men, because that's, that's your wife. Right. Right? You're going to take someone else's side over her. Exactly. <laughs> that's... I mean, even if, even if she's wrong, that's just not a smart move. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's fair. Did you get along well with her other children? The daughter? Yes. The son, not so much. No. No. He was like 14 when we separated and, and within, so the separation thing, she was like, okay, you need to go away for a while. And I'm like, fine. I'll make it short, two weeks or forever. She goes, no, it might be up to, right? she said four years, and that would have put him at 18. I'm like, no, it's short or forever. So two weeks after we separated, I'm like, we're done. I can't do this anymore. I didn't say I want a divorce. I said, I'm divorcing you. Though that's key to me. That's key because I didn't want one. I did not want it to happen, but it needed to happen. And then a couple weeks after I said that, she kicked him out and sent him to his aunt. Because she could not handle him. So she couldn't handle him either. Right. And she proposed a four-year separation? Yeah. That's not a separation. No. <laughs> no, no, that's... No, and we, you know, had been separated... A little bit here and there before but I knew at this point things were either going to go or they weren't so you guys had had broken up you'd had a share of tips yeah. oh, divorce yeah. doesn't happen overnight right yeah so what was being married like for you the first marriage it was rough it was awful I she was demeaning to me and okay I cry a lot you know this we're friends so and we'd get in a fight, and her biggest thing was, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just divorce me? So finally, she got what she kept asking for, is the way I look at it. You know, I wonder how much of that is self-fulfilling prophecies that sometimes, yeah, right? You know, if you, if you think you don't deserve what you got, well, you're going to push it away, and pretty soon... That's not going to be there for you anymore. Right. That's, that's unfortunate. Was it always bad from day one or, or did it get harder after you started having kids? It got harder. 
especially as her oldest, you know, getting older, getting into the teenage years, there's always a rebellious thing, which is, you know, pretty normal. But he had zero contact with his dad, didn't know who his dad was at all. And I'm sure that had issues because he saw his little sister have contact with their dad. So him not having it and then me being there with the others that I'm sure there was, so that had to play in his psyche somehow. Did they have the same dad or a different? No. Oh, okay. Different that makes dads. sense. That makes sense. So I don't know how pertinent this is at this point, but my ex is half native, half Eskimo. So when I sick, when she sent her son to her sisters, she was on her reservation. She had four boys, each with a different dad. And so he went to a place where extreme poverty and everybody was into drugs. I mean, ugly, bad, not such a good place. So that, I mean, I she had kind of a rough background herself. Oh, she had a very rough background. Her parents were divorced. The boy, the brother, so there's two brothers and three sisters. The brothers went with the dad, stayed up on the reservation. The mom took the girls and they ended up all over the place. And then at some point, once they were here in Utah, her mom said, bye and left. And my ex was like 12, 10 or 12 at that point. That is rough. Yeah. Everybody's got their baggage. Right. Right. Everybody, everybody does. Nobody's perfect. I don't care who you are. And when you get married, one of the things that happens is that curtain that was hiding the monster you live with yeah. kind of falls away. So you get to see what the other person's been dealing with. Yeah. Obviously she came from a bit of a rough background. It sounds like you maybe not so much not so much two parent home lived in this my parents moved in the house when i was about 18 months old next door to where my dad grew up so all the older folks in the neighborhood helped raise my dad who helped raise us and they didn't leave that house until i was married wow that's a fantastic upgrade. So you had a strong sense of community. Very yeah. strong. Yeah. And when we were first married, we moved into a house in that neighborhood owned by a neighbor who had a company that I started working for as construction at 10 years old. So you had this community of people that knew you, that knew your parents, that were going to know your children. Yeah. So you had a lot of support as a married couple. Yes. And still. Correct. Now we weren't, we were only there in that neighborhood two years, maybe because she had this need to move like every year. What was that about? I don't know. Oh, she's like, we got to move. And she would, I'd come home and go, well, we have an apartment. I'm going to move over here. Yeah. Uh, wait, what if? What is there? A reason like it's cheaper there it's a nicer place anything like that nothing like that she just hated being in one place I think so were things better when you were in that neighborhood early on where you had more support no 
It was about the same. It was about the same. Now, we ended up in, and there we stayed for like three years. Three years, I think. And that was the most stable we were. And that seemed to be going well there. But that's also where things ended. So, so I mean, but she couldn't go anywhere in this county without people already knowing me or my family. It was just not possible. Because you've lived here for so long, you have such roots here. Right. So, so it didn't matter where we went. I could find somebody that knew at least of my family that I could. So you had support. I mean, oh, I always did somewhere. Okay. And my siblings, all but one, well, mostly my oldest sister, but was also within the county. I always had family really close. So you had a great network of supportive people everywhere you went. Yep. You had someone who would welcome you, who would offer both of you friendship. Yes. Right? Because it's not like I'm George's friend, not his wife's friend. Exactly. Right. It's, we live in a very friendly community. Yes. <laughs> but you have said a couple of times now that it wasn't better no matter where you went and that it was rough from the beginning and it only got harder as right. children came along. I almost called off the engagement. Whoa, okay, so, tell us about that. I, I don't know, we were, so she moved into the place where we're gonna live in, just up the street from, I mean, half a block from where I grew up, half a block from my house. And I was living at my parents. I don't remember what happened. All I know is I was thinking, I don't know if this is good, but, me, I made a commitment, I'm not gonna break it. And I didn't, till I had to, for my sanity. So even before you got married, you can't remember what the incident was, right. but there was something that set off alarm bells to you. It did. And, and I brushed them off awful fast. I think a lot of us do that, especially at that age, especially around a romantic interest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out that why you kept going because the engagement, you had something that made you almost call it off. Right. And then it wasn't great from the beginning and it only got worse no matter where you moved to, even though you had a support system and a lot of people will say, well, there was no one there for me. That might've been the case for her maybe, but that wasn't the case for you. Not at all for me. As a matter of fact, my sister, we started, I don't remember, but for a few years, she was close enough that we'd go almost every Sunday to her house, eat dinner, play games. And I can guarantee you that kept us together for a lot longer. Having that joint social connection of something yeah. to do together. That makes sense. I, I can think of things like that in my own marriage where there was somebody who was friendly, who was helpful, a good neighbor regularly invited us to things yeah. regularly visited that helped still though like you said it wasn't great there was anger oh, yeah there was you were you said that you felt like she was demeaning you often. oh yeah and probably some stuff around the kids as well not to mention the stepkids right why did this go on for 10 years i didn't want i had hurt 
her two kids needed stability and I wanted it to stick, keep together for my kids, for our kids. And then I realized when I broke it off, I realized it's worse for them the way we are. I can make it better. I want to take a little detour with you. Okay. Okay. This isn't a normally scripted thing. I know that you're a religious man. Absolutely. Religion doesn't look favorably on divorce. Correct. How was that accepted by, because you were going to church together. Yes. Right. And you were going to church with your friends and your neighbors. Right. How were you treated any different? How was that taken? Um, where when we separated by the people around here, quite a few guests, some like one of the neighbors was somebody I grew up with. And when he found out what was going on, he became kind of a spy for me. And which mainly just meant he was a support that I knew would watch out for my kids. But she kind of found a way to cut that away mm. because she knew him and I had had a connection from being in school together. But then I moved to the place here in Provo on my own for about nine months and they just took me in. They didn't care. It was great. So you were living with friends. No, I was on my own. Oh, on your own. On my own. I found an apartment. I had a coworker who was refurnishing his place. So he furnished mine with his old stuff. Oh, that was amazing. That was nice of him. Super nice. And this is a side note, but his religious background and ours are ones that tend to clash hard, but we, we had lots of fun religious discussions and we just loved each other. He's a great guy. See, and that's, I guess, kind of the path I'd like to go down because, again, religion doesn't look favorably on divorce. No. And you being a religious man, this was not an easy thing for you to go not to. easy at all. So, no. walk yeah. us through that. Well, I, I basically knew if I wanted to be me and I wanted my kids to have the dad I knew I could be, I couldn't be with her. Because I, I couldn't, I, so, I mean, one good thing she did for me is she found a job, had a friend that hired me and got me driving trucks. I love the equipment, love trucks. I got a CDL and then she helped me get into a way so I could get my class A CDL. Your ex, your former spouse did this former work. spouse. This is after you separated? No, no, no. This oh, is why you're married. Oh, yeah. While we were married. And fairly early on. But that gave me a career path. But because of the way things were with her, I, I was always getting fired or quitting because I wasn't a good employee. And I understand. I mean, that happens. Right? But then once we're separated, divorced... I had two jobs and then I got the one I currently have and I've been there 18 years. No so, one could hear this, but I smiled and I laughed when, when you said that. Yeah. 
I, I'm not mocking you. I did that. And I think you recognize this in me by now. It's because, man, do I know what you're talking about. Right. I had. I, I mean, so the guy that furnished that apartment for me, shortly after that, they came and said, hey, we need to talk to you. And I knew I was getting fired. They said, we're going to lay you off, not fire you, so you can have, get the benefits you need so you can take care of. Because they knew what was going on. I mean, I wasn't showing up to work. I was saying I was sick, but they knew. And they were, they treated me fantastic in that manner. They couldn't have me work for them because I wasn't working. I wasn't doing the job. I understood that. But they still made sure the way they let me go that I could get unemployment if I needed or whatever. You know, when I was married, especially those first... Got married and moved. Okay. Yeah, those first two years, especially, I was working a, a blue-collar job. And every time that I had to be at work at 6 in the morning, which because of where I lived at the time, was always an hour commute. No matter what time of day I went there, it was always an hour there and an hour back. It was a very populated city. And every time I had to be at work at 6 in the morning, we would invariably end up arguing until 1 in the morning. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you do that a few nights in a row, you're not much use to anybody. Right. And where I drove a big truck, a semi, I was unsafe. And I can attribute some of the, I never had any major accidents, but some of the major stuff or the minor stuff I did have backing into something not destroying anything I can attribute to that being tired yeah yeah it was easy to be irritable all day and yeah. even help you if you had to deal with a customer that day who my, was... my job dealt with customers every day yeah. delivering products you're the yeah. face of the company right yeah and you have to smile nod and, uh, yep. oh you, you just yeah oh man I think you know, this is terrible to say, but I really think that should be some kind of abuse that should be legally punishable. If you sleep deprive a prisoner, you're torturing them. There's laws against that. Right. But you could sleep deprive your spouse who's going to go work a dangerous job, and it's perfectly legal. <laughs> Even if you do it for a full week or a month. It's... Right. <laughs> ah, okay. That was my tangent. Uh, back to the... I wanted to ask a little more about, about the religion. Uh, you said, for the most part, the community was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, they asked what was... They, they weren't judgmental of me. Oh, that's they, huge. They welcomed me in. Now, I mean, there was times I'd sit, and, sit there and be listening to somebody speak, and I'm like, I can't hear this one, and leave. But that's not because they were pointing anything at me. That was just because of me and what how I was feeling and thinking at the time. But they weren't directing stuff at me. That I never felt that at all. That's awesome. And so the community was helpful. The support was still there. You didn't feel any judgment. No. That's great. And I'm guessing that's a big part of the reason that you stuck it out for 10 years was because you believe, again, if you're religious, 
especially here in the Western world, right? Christianity, yeah. family's a big deal. Huge deal. Especially where we live. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you don't give that up lightly. No. Did you have to deal with the weird offhand comments? Give me an example. One of the more annoying questions that I would get would usually be from someone younger, probably because they were worried about themselves and they would say, so why'd you get divorced? As though I could answer it in one sentence. Yeah. It, I never, that didn't bother me. Really? Yeah. I'm like, to me, that's, I'm very upfront and blunt. You know this. This is true. Yes. And so things <laughs> like that don't bother me. I'm like, you really want to know? I'll tell you. But, and if they wanted to hear the whole story, they got, they, they got it. Sometimes they didn't want to hear it, but it's like, it turned out one of the, the sure way I'd answer is it turned out best for me and my kids. And it, well, all by far has, because now when our, our kids, um, need something, they don't go to her. They come to me. That says something to me. What was the breaking point? Um, that's hard to say, but when I, cause we, we'd done the counseling thing. We, we drove from Pleasant Grove to West Point. Now that's an hour and a half drive, give or take, right? One way. And that, cause there was a, it was next door to my sister that lived up there and he was a counselor and. The church was helping pay for the counseling itself. And now granted, we stopped that a couple years before the divorce happened. But one of the things he said is we're still going over the same stuff and we're not going to get anywhere because he would say, she would complain about something say, Andy, you need to work on it. Okay. I would go back and she would acknowledge that. And then she brings something else up. And it was just an endless circle and it's not all one-sided. Never is. Takes two to tangle. And I'm not, and obviously you're getting my side. Her side would be different. And somewhere in the middle is the whole hundred percent truth. And I, and when I tell people my story, I tell them that because I know I did stuff wrong. There's no doubt or I wouldn't have been in this situation. Right. Um, but so getting back to our. She'd, she'd say, okay, we need to separate again. Could be short, could be up to four years. And I told, like I said before, I told her, no, it will be short or permanent. And so I was going back to our ecclesiastical leader. He was brand new at it, brand new. And I went in there to visit with him. He's like, I get put in this position. I'm supposed to be a marriage counselor in this. And I just can't do it all. I said, okay, thank you. I left. That day, I made the decision, I'm done. Because whatever, I wasn't getting the help I needed there. I'm like, I'm done. And so I told her, like, probably that night or the next day. And you guys had separated before. Yeah, we've been separated like two weeks at that point. For this lot, for the last time. There's another time we've been separated for like six weeks. That's a whole different story. If you want to get into it, we could, but that's it. 
more sensitive story. Uh, that's up to you. So I, I don't, I don't want to push you further than you're comfortable. No, I'm comfortable saying it. It's not everybody knows that story though. That's the only reason I would, because hopefully somebody knows me, hears this, knows her, hears this, and helps them maybe do whatever. Right. And it does help. Yeah. It, it does help. I know for me, it's helped me to speak to people like you. Yeah. As, as well, I've and I've listened to all your previous ones that you've put out and it's been interesting. I'm, I'm loving them. <laughs> well, good. I, I hope they've been helpful and, and thank yeah. you. I could tell this, this is hard for you to talk about. Your voice is very level, yeah. but I can, I can see it oh, in your yeah, face. Yeah. yeah. I'm a boob. I admit it. <laughs> it's fine. It, it, it church. When I, if I got to speak, the girls are always wondering. They're betting with the, their friends around. How long is it going to be before dad cries? Sometimes it's before I even start. Which is really funny, by the way, because George here is 6'4"? 6'3". 6'3". 300 pounds. 6'3", 300 pounds. This is not a small man. <laughs> but uh, I'd say he's, he's got a big heart. Uh, right. At least from what I... I meant to ask you earlier, how would your friends describe you? Uh, but I felt like that would be unfair because I know how I'd describe you. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, then how would you, as my friend, describe me? I guess this is disclosing uh, that we're friends. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is appropriate. Yeah, probably. That's probably true. George and I were friends and co-workers for, for some time. Uh, I'd say on and off for about two years. Yeah. Uh, but we were friends even during the off periods. Obviously, now it's been... Yeah. It's been six years. Since you were there? Yeah, wow. since I started. Yeah, it's been six yeah, years. Yeah, we met... We would have met the first week I was working there. You gave yes. me the driving exam I had yes, to have I to did. work there. So, <laughs> yeah, we met about six years ago. And uh, the way I would describe my experience with George hasn't been 40 hours a week, but, you know, you work with people, you get to know him a bit. Friendly, friendly human being. I wouldn't want to ever be on his bad side, but I don't know that he has a bad side. <laughs> I've, I've been to George's house on a number of occasions. We play board games. Uh, he's welcomed my children. I've met his children. He's taught me new stuff. He showed me his guns. We, <laughs> we get along famously. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George is a good man. Oh. And, and I, I'd say more than that, he's a useful man. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to not make each other cry oh, <laughs> at the no. table with, with both of our There's already baggage they have been from about the start so we're good <laughs> so now you have been separated a few times yeah and you'd had 10 years of an awful awful marriage well not everything was awful obviously okay so there were some good things well yeah i mean just, some some ways, I think some of the fights were so there could be a makeup. I don't know. It's just. I definitely got that vibe sometimes uh, with my former spouse. And I tell you that now I'm friends with, with a lot of women. And uh, those that are in less than stable marriages do tend to push buttons just for attention sometimes. Of my friends, that's I'm not making a general 
statement on all women everywhere. I'm saying of my friends, of the ones I know, I definitely know at least a couple that do seem to push buttons specifically because they're wanting attention. So that's a thing. Okay. <laughs> You're not crazy. At this point, you guys are separated. Yeah. You're heading for divorce. Right. I imagine there's a lot of time for introspection and thinking about things. What red flags were there? From the start was two marriages, two divorces, and in between. So, um, with her second husband, she'd gotten, they've been living together. She'd gotten pregnant, had a boy and her best friend at that time adopted him. Her best friend at that at that time adopted the boy. How old was she? I don't see had so she already had her son from the first marriage. But because they weren't married and she's like well, for whatever reason she decided to have him be adopted. And it happened to be super open. I mean I knew about it. I met the kid. One of the nights I slept away was at that person's house. So they, it wasn't it wasn't a hidden thing. And then she had a daughter with him. So but they were married at the time, so she kept her. All of that stuff should have been red flags. And I imagine you kind of brushed it off as a, hey, I don't want to judge, or right. maybe you're just so pretty I don't care. Well, That's a thing with guys, too. And, and there was a... She was coming back into full activity within the religion. And so to me, whatever happened in the past is done. It doesn't matter. That is a very big thing out here. There is a huge line where we live and, and, and a tuned listener would already have figured this out. But where we live, there is a huge line between your life prior to the church or prior even if you were a member right. of a baby prior to your activity in the church to your life after the church. Yeah. It's like all of that doesn't count. It's very much a clean slate after that. Yeah. Still a red flag though. Still a red flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Not saying it's necessarily an end all be all deal breaker. Cause exactly. some people, some people do change. Yeah. And my goodness, in those cases, it's, it's amazing to watch. Yes, it is. Some people, though, I think would like to change, but they don't. And I would say she did do a whole lot of changing because never reverted back to any of that prior to me ever had, ever has. Now, she was married two different guys three times that I'm aware of after we were divorced. So she was married twice before you, mm -hmm. and then twice again after you. Well, two guys, three married. So that's six marriages total with five guys. Yes. Wow. I'm not, I'm not even sure how to react to that because here I am still limping from one marriage. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, now, if you go by statistics, that's not all that abnormal. If you just go by statistics, second marriages are more likely to end in divorce. 
third even more and so on and so on. Right. So, you know, read into that what, what you may. But I look at all, well, me and the two exes before me, even the first one where abuse was in, he had a, a marriage that lasted almost 20 years after her. The other guy's having one now that's last close to 30, and now me, 18 plus, 18 and a half. So that says something about yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I mean, overall, I'd say that it sounds like you two being together was a positive, at least for her and for her yeah. children. For a time and, being, anyway. Yeah, for you, not so much. But, well, or at least it wasn't all bad. But. It wasn't all bad, because, I mean, it got me into a career I loved. I love driving trucks and operating big equipment. So I get to play with Tompy toys all day, every day. And you said you filed for a divorce. Um, well, technically she got a lawyer first and the Piper went through first, but she put me as the plaintiff or as defendant. So you asked, you told her you were wanted a divorce she got no i did not oh, say right. wanted i was part, i i am divorcing you that's now, right th that's key because i didn't want it and i know she went to the kid and said your dad wants to divorce me or something that made it sound different as many many times especially where they could hear i always repeat i never said i wanted one i simply said i'm divorcing you there's yeah it's it's a nuance, but it's important. No, at least yeah. In this case, absolutely, it is, because just because you do something doesn't mean that you want it. Right. Right. It's it's maybe what's best, exactly. and it's hard. Yes. That doesn't mean you want it. Right. The, I think I have an idea of why that's important, that nuance. But in your own words, why is that? A big deal well to me it's a big deal because it's not anything I ever saw me doing I didn't want it absolutely did not want to divorce her I wanted to be together I wanted to be a cohesive family for my kids for her too but it couldn't happen it it just wasn't going to happen I was I was going to explode and it would have been very very ugly she was going to explode and it would have been very, very ugly. Her son already had, and it is ugly. And, and so to make it as best as possible for me to be a better dad, not an angry, mean dad all the time or husband, I had to step away. How did the kids take it? Well, our daughter was like 18 months old. She knows nothing different. My boy, it was hard on him. And there were times where we were getting along, you know, first Christmas away, I spent it. I went over there that morning with them and he was, oh good, they'll get, you know, the hopes of every kid, oh, mom and dad will get back together. I'm like, no, this is just for you. 
because I was not comfortable. But it, and as time progressed, you know, he had lots of rebellious issues, and but at one point at sixteen, he had to move in with me, and those things didn't change. But yet, he's much better off. The kids are still, even though there was issues, I truly believe are much better off than they would have been had we tried to fight it out and not kill each other to stay in a state together. How was that first year? That first year was horrible. So I, I was um, driving tour buses. So I would work 11 days straight and then have a weekend off to be with my kids. I was living in a place where drug dealers were across the street. I didn't have any money. So I, so I was working for the company doesn't exist anymore. And I got hooked up with them during the Olympics because, you know, it was great. It was a fun time to drive for them. And we were still together at this time at the Olympics. So anyway, I got connected back up there. Just said, I need a job. They knew me. They're like, you're hired. Because of my driving record as a driver. If you drive for somebody, you don't have any issues. Even if you leave, they're very willing to bring you back. Drivers, high demand job. Part of what I was doing was I'd be in the winter. Anyway, I'd be up at the airport and I was working 3 p.m. till 11 p.m. I'd sit at the airport waiting for somebody to meet her ride up to the ski resorts up to park city there's times i'd sit there at the airport watching videos on this big tour bus eating junk it was horrible and, he, and then i'd go home to an empty house during the day and couldn't sleep it was horrible for me that way and then i'd get my kids and put on the big happy front and i mean i did have reward members that were supportive you know like once a week, we'd get together to play basketball. I was great. Gave me that of an outlet. Outside of that, I was kind of... And I... Yeah, I had family super close, but I stayed... I don't... Away. For whatever reason. I stayed on my own at my little apartment all the time. I don't think that's uncommon for a lot of newly divorced people. Um the staying away from family thing, yeah, that because you are the person who's always bringing everyone down and there's only one thing you have to talk about. Right. <laughs> right? It's, <laughs> it's not great. I specifically joined Toastmasters. Are you familiar with that group? Not at all. It's a public speaking group. Oh. Yeah, you practice giving speeches and impromptu speeches and speaking. And I hated when they say, when they would ask, well, what brings you to Toastmasters? What do you do? What do you hope to get out of this? because I was lying to everyone there. What none of them knew is I went there because after years of being divorced, it was still the only thing I could talk about. I was trying to teach myself to talk about something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole reason I joined that organization. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that first year being awful, yeah. Yeah. Now, so... It took like a year and a half for the divorce to be finalized. And I'm my parents happened to have been in Idaho at the time for that first year, nine months to year. 
when they moved back to Utah, they're like, okay, we're buying a house. You come move with us. And I jumped at it. And, you know, still paid rent, whatever, because that gave me more stability than yeah. another outlet. Yeah. Right. And at that time I got a different job, which was much better. Well, pay was better. I hated the job. <laughs> Hence the pay was better. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then 11 months after the divorce was final, I was remarried. So I, so within the real, our religion, I heard of this mid singles group for 30 to 45 year olds. Right. I'm like, I need that. But in order to be a part of that, I need to finalize this divorce. Cause I've just kind of been put, I didn't want to do it. I, and that showed in the time frame we took. Cause once I determined to finish it, a couple months done because I, there wasn't nothing to dispute. We'd already separated everything from the start. She said, I need ORS involved with child support. And I said, great. I agree because there's always a paperwork. You won't be able to come after me for not paying stuff because they're taking it which kind of set her back because the other two business owners, they never paid. And so that put the burden of providing for them, other two, all on me, even after the divorce or in reality. Once I got a part of that group, then I had a whole bunch of people around my age that have either never been married, divorced, widows, widowers, all of us, in that group and it was just a great um it was a great outlet we got together once a week played volleyball or whatever and then country dancing my thing i loved it love it still i just fat and old (laughs) (laughs) but um and we'd go dancing and pleasant girl there's a place to do it there where it was alcohol free and so that gave me another strong outlet. That's really interesting because that first year is one of the most awful years, I think, of most people's lives. That first year after divorce, it's, right. it's so, so rough. I, sh- I shouldn't but. say the first year after divorce. I should say the first year and a half we were separated to the end of the divorce. Well, yeah, that's true. Because then after, once you're, the paper's finalized, you start going back to the mid-singles ward, you start dating again. Exactly. And Things I change. started dating as fast as I could. I did <laughs> not want to be single. That was not a good thing for me. It wouldn't have been a good thing for my kids. Let, let me back up a second. I found that part of what makes that first year so awful is that you love your kids so much if you have kids right you love them so much they are such a part of who you are yeah i i would tell people they're as much a part of me as my arm or my leg and not yes. having them around is like not having an arm or leg as yeah, for it's horrible and then they do come around and it's like you get to borrow your leg back yeah it's it's rough knowing that you're gonna sleep in a house alone by yourself without them. You don't know where they are. You can't check on them. You don't know what they're up to. And 
I was recently speaking to somebody who who is getting a divorce, and she said something along the lines of she she'd been talking to me for hours, and she was saying, "Yeah, I know this is where things are going, and we're ready, and we're on the same page about it." They haven't filed papers or anything, and she says. I just realized this means that there's going to be days or possibly weeks at a time where I won't see my kids. Yes. And yeah, that hurts a lot. A whole lot. Super up. Those first holidays without them, because now you're splitting them. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're dealing with these lawyers. All your expenses go up. You have to furnish a new place. You're not in a good place that first year. No, not at all. And, and like I said, somebody else furnished the place. I'm like, I don't need any of this stuff. Just keep it. I could figure out how to get it again. Family will give it to me. Something, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Because I, I had the support. She had nobody. Oh, man. I mean, no family. She had some friends, but yet... A lot of her friends who were our friends together, let's just say they weren't her friends for a while. Mm. But still yeah. communicated with me here and there. That's that's not easy for her either. No. <laughs> that's not good. No, it's not. Because everybody needs support in these yeah. situations. Yeah, everybody does. And to and just so and I hate to beat this dead horse so much, but just so it's clear to anyone who's thinking about this, when your kids show up, it's great because you get to see them, but it's also terrible because you know you're just borrowing them. Yeah, <laughs> that they're gonna go away. And, that time is not right. what it used to be. And and those emotions of why you're gotten divorced, what you have with their mother or father whatever case may be for you you have to bury those deep and not let them come out oh yeah I, I was i did my best but i can't say i never had any that stuff didn't come out i can't say it didn't right because it does absolutely you'll get, you'll get talking to a friend and next thing you know oh oops i shouldn't have said that or your friend says something and it's like stop please before I go off that end. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what was really hard for me is I was always burying those things, just like you. And the kids ask, can't talk to them. Right. And I constantly felt like I was lying to them every minute I was with them because whatever I was pretending to feel or pretending to be so we could enjoy our time together was not how I actually was. I was falling apart constantly. I was wanting to kick and yell and scream and cry all at the same time, yeah. constantly. But that's not the experience I want to give my kids when they walk in. Exactly. But I, <laughs> now, I've always been really good at car, car, compartmentalizing stuff. And so when they came, I could flip the switch most of the time. Not always, obviously. You know, I'm human. But most of the time, I, at least this is me thinking, you ask my kids, they might say something different. I don't know. But I know I did, I can, now I can focus on them. And so that made it easier to compartmentalize and put other stuff to this side. 
You know, I think at the end of the day, it's it's such an awful situation. You do the best you can. Right. And then be okay with that. Yes. That's really what it comes. And years later, because it does get better. It does. It does get better. Absolutely. And George and I are very different cases. George remarried <laughs> within three years. Within and a year. Within a year of the divorce being finalized, I am going to be approaching nine years here in a few months. And uh, not so much for me. So uh, I doubled my married time. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, and you have. You have with your divorce. Time. Yeah. <laughs> You've increased your happiness exponentially. Yes. <laughs> but even so, even so, even with that, even though he has found love and is in a great place in life, and I can say I love being at his home. They're, they're great people. There's a lot of love there. Thank you. I can still say... That my life now, even though I'm not married and I don't have everything George has, though I would certainly love it, my life is still better than it was that year one. Yes. Significantly. And it is better than it was the 11 years I was married. Life gets better. It does. You just got to get past that valley. And you got to work because it takes work. A lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, so... You went through that divorce, and it, it sounds like it was pretty cut and dry once you decided to do it. There wasn't a lot of fighting. Right. I mean, there, we had, there was still stuff, but it was mostly just, she'd say I owe her money, and I'd say no, and I'd have to prove it, and I always did. I still get that now, too. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. <laughs> so... You went through this, and, and the divorce, I mean, it's not fun, but you go through it. You pay what you have to pay. It's awful. What have you learned? Pay attention to those red flags. Don't. As tough as it is, make, make the hard decision not to go through with the marriage if you're seeing lots of red flags. And if you have people telling you, which I didn't, and I chewed my family out for that. Like, why didn't you tell me what I wasn't seeing? And they said, would you have listened? I said, probably not. But still, why didn't you say it? So the next time around, they said it. Which, all they had to say was, good choice. <laughs> which was fantastic for me. But, um... You got to okay. pay attention. You got to look, okay. You got to look at you yourself objectively and say, can I see this going through? So for instance, my boy, okay. He was living with a gal that were engaged. He called me up, said, we've had another big fight. I don't know what to do, dad. And I said, I can't tell you what to do. I'll support you. But what you need to realize, what you need to think about, do you want to continue this fighting stuff? Is that something you can deal with for now until forever or until you get divorced? Or do you want to end it now before you make that commitment, which makes it harder to change at the end, to get 
through the divorce or whatever. And he made his decision, and which was to break up with her. And, and if he decided to stick with her and get married, I would have supported that too, because it's his decision. It's their decision. I have a niece that they had wedding invitations sent out and she's like telling her mom, but I can't stand to kiss him. And we're like, hello. Um, if you can't stand to kiss him, think of what comes after the wedding. You, it ain't going and wisely. She broke it off. And she's got a fantastic husband now and four kids. Fantastic. So you've got to pay attention. Talk to people. Ask questions. Make people tell you, especially those closest to you, what they're thinking, what they're seeing. And granted, I have a couple of friends that got married before me. And I told them when I thought of their spouses, well, they're still married. And I didn't like their spouses. So, you know, so that the advice they give could be wrong. You may find a way to make things work. It may not, they may not be seeing it clearly either. The ultimate decision is yours. Just if you have to change it later on, don't beat yourself up too hard. Because the tougher the decisions you have to make, sometimes the better they are. It really is easier to, to suffer now than it is to suffer later. Yes. Generally speaking, especially right. with, with marriage and divorce. Yeah, especially if kids end up involved. It's a lot harder when kids are involved than when they're not. Yeah. I've interviewed people who've been divorced who didn't have kids and people who did have kids. And there's hurt feelings all around. Right. Right. It's you're getting divorced. It's not great no matter what. But when there's kids that it, it magnifies. Yes. That's what that does. What it's so bad. It's it's never great. It's never good. It's never fun. And I don't wish it on people. No, but as a matter of fact, do it I tell everybody that says, I don't know what to do. You know, maybe I need to divorce them. I say there's any way not to. Coming from a guy that's been divorced, remarried, and super happy, super happy now. I can't brag enough about my wife. She's amazing. But if you can stay married and stay sane and stay safe, do it. Those those are some key things there. Yeah. Stay sane and stay safe. Because even in the predominant religion out here, church leaders have come out and said, that does not mean you should stay in toxic relationships. Exactly. Right. And you have to make that determination yourself. Right. No one else can make that for you. But yeah, I get lost on this soapbox. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, how much did your divorce cost you? I honestly don't know. Don't, well, it was 20 years ago at this point, right? Right. And others paid. I couldn't have. So I frankly sent out. Messy just, I don't remember how I did it, saying, this has to happen, I can't pay. Mom and Dad paid for most of it. And then at a couple other court things, I had other family members help. The only ones that went into divorce, it, well, in any court proceeding, the only ones that went are the attorneys. I can't stand attorneys, and I can't stand judges. 
I have said that exact same. This is why we're friends. <laughs> I've said that so many times. I, yeah, I don't care if someone comes after me for this. Lawyers, judges, mediators, court-appointed therapists, guardian ad litems, all these people, they are co-workers. They are. They are co-workers. My former spouse, her attorney, and my attorney, guess what? Long after the two of us are gone, they still got to work together. Exactly. So you are paying them to build a relationship with each other. And they will come to you and say, well, it's better if we all get along, right? I want them to like me. Regardless of what they're accusing you of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, it, just... yeah. And it even goes to the judges. Because judges are just lawyer, old lawyers. Exactly. Because even one of my, well, actually, I think it was the last time I was in, one, in front of the judge. They're, they're like, all this stuff is being said, and I'm squirming, and I made some, I said something. A lot of my attorneys, like, Shh. and the judge looked at me, and he was threatening to throw me contempt of court. And I'm like, but they're lying. He goes, too bad. And I'm like, no, you can't. Ex how can they expect you to not be emotional in that situation? And then, and the only reason we were in court, I won't say the exact reason, but something happened. So I had to file a motion, and they're supposed to reply within a certain amount of time. If they don't, you win, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Well, I even got the letter from the court saying I won. Next thing I know, another letter said, We need to set a court date for this. I'm like, Wait, whoa. Aren't you supposed to judge everything individually? That's what they say. That's not what they do. They have this thing called precedence. They don't care what's going on here. They care, oh, this is what's happened in the past, so this must be the same. Yeah. The rules don't matter. They're, yeah, they don't. And come after me, judges, because if you want, you won't find me. But <laughs> um, the, I, if you've been a judge... If any judges are hearing this, if you've been a judge more than five years, I vote no to retain you every time, and I will never stop doing that. You're going to laugh because we've never talked about this. No. Uh, I, I vote no if they've sat for more than two years. <laughs> well, the last time I voted no on every judge. Every judge. And some of them I know are brand new. I just, I don't remember what some ticked me off, and I'm like, well... You know, part of the reason that I started doing this podcast is because going through my divorce, every and I've had a few different lawyers. Yeah, um, so all and so did I. Yeah, so every lawyer, every judge, every mediator, every therapist, um, special master, none of them were divorced. None of them had any idea what I was going through or what the, their actions, the effect of those actions were. They had right. no clue. They never had to live with them. I did. Yeah. And that bothered me. And these were the supposed experts, now, right? Yeah. <laughs> One of my attorneys had been divorced, and that's what prompted her to become an attorney. But even then, yeah, it's it's difficult. It that's is. that's why I want to have these conversations because it's. Okay, your divorce was different from my divorce, even though ours are very similar. Yeah. They were different enough that it's hard to have a case precedent. Exactly. Right? That will affect everybody 
for the best outcome. And I'm using quotation marks that no one can see. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because it's, it's so unique person to person. And you know, what's worse is if you have a person who's particularly combative, right? You show up in the courtroom and they assume that the truth is somewhere in the middle every time, which, Hey, for most cases, fine, that's right. true. But if you have a person who's particularly combative, then as long as they keep pushing, that middle keeps shifting, right? Yes. So you could be doing everything right, and as long as they're pushing and they have anything to say about you, they will assume, oh, it's in the middle. And next time they'll push a little more, and they'll push a little more, they'll push a little more, and that middle will keep moving. Right. You'll keep losing ground. And the law is perfectly fine with that. They are. Now, I will say the last time I was in court, it went my way. There was no way for it not to. But still, the way I felt was like I was the bad guy there. And yet every piece of evidence showed otherwise. But that's not how I felt in that courtroom from that judge. Was it weird starting to date again for you? It was. I mean, it was exciting. And... So, so in that group I told you about, right? That mid singles group. First person I asked out, everybody I dated, except for one, one person was had been a part of that group, or the group in the neighboring town, same group. And that, of course, that's where my wife was. She was part of that other group. They were all within that group. Yeah, I was on a dating site, and yes, I drove to Idaho to meet somebody. And it was, it was fun, but you know, um, was one of the leaders of that group. And we dated, you know, for a while, she's the one that introduced me to my wife and then she broke up with me and I dated me anyway. So, but it was weird. I was like, okay, date's over. What do I do? I didn't know what to do. I walked her to the door, but so she reached up and hugged me and then I'm like, okay, that's right. That's a thing. Right. You know, and then. It moves on. It progress and shortly for me, shortly I got. I don't want to say back in the groove, but I understood what to do. Well, you've been out of it for eleven years. No, twelve years, more like well, at that point. Well, no, it was like ten because I this started in me. So I was separated at eight and a half years. Divorce was final right before ten years, and oh, I, so. Okay. And then I jumped back into being active and trying to date. Well, you also him. dated her for nine months before you got married. So, yeah, you, you'd been out of practice. Right. And as most people are. And I think this is a little unfair because the men kind of have to do a lot of it. <laughs> well, but that, it's not easy for women either. It's not no. easy for anybody dating. And that's old school anymore anyway. That's true. That's true. Nowadays, you see a lot more from both sides. So, yeah, yes. that's a good point. And that's how you met your current wife. Yeah. Country dancing. Country dancing again. <laughs> that's just your go-to. That, it, it was. What are some of the positives that came from your divorce? Um, I came back to me. So I got my more outgoing, more happy attitude back. My mom always said and about my current wife, she brought George back. Because I wasn't feeling like if I want to go like 
my hobby outdoors hunting if i'm going to go hunting i didn't feel like well do i have permission to go now it's like hey to my wife hey hun i'm going nothing this weekend okay have fun it's not it's none of that it got me i could be me i could be outgoing i could friend call says i need your help i could go without offending my wife my ex because somebody calls now my wife's like go go help them they need you you go and as you know i will yes i do know that <laughs> i know that from experience yes. <laughs> i mean if i now if i can't go i tell i say something but if i in any way can go i'll drop what i'm doing if it's possible and go help there's a lot of people that don't have a marriage like that yeah and i didn't the first time that's huge yeah that yeah so now you're you're free to be yourself yes with someone you love who loves you back exactly and that's key that is back and forth and she's free to do the same absolutely and it's happened she's like i, I gotta go okay <laughs> love you let me know where you're at and when you'll be home yeah right well there's apps for that that's true that's true make your life easier if you and i, I ask this to everybody it's one of my standard questions if you were doing it all over again would you have stayed married no because I couldn't. I would have broke more than I already had. And you'd broken a lot at that point. I had. Both of you had. Yeah. And the kids. Yeah. I'd broken to the point enough where I was like, this is over. And I had never drank before. And I, I'm going to go get drunk. I didn't. Because I thought of my kids. And some point during that. When we were married, I, so as I've said, I'm a truck driver. I was coming down the rather steep hill, unbuckled my seatbelt and started putting my foot on the throttle to a corner that was coming up. Thankfully I stopped, but not because of what it would do to me, because I didn't know who else I would hurt. Wrecking this great big truck. And what it would do to my kids. I could have cared less what it would have done to my ex. You were just ready to be done. I was. Now that was actually a, fair, a few years before the divorce happened. Before the final separation happened. I came to my sense. It was just that one split moment. Not everybody knows that either. You do not need to edit it. Thank you. Because... I don't think that's unique, unfortunately. Generally, the thing that makes life worth living or unbearable is the relationships in your life. Yes. So if the most important relationships are terrible, then so is your life. I agree with that. Absolutely. We lose too many people. Yeah. To that. Just get the divorce. 
Yeah. It, the world's better with you in it. Absolutely. And, and it gets better for both of you. Yes. If you let it, if you work at it. Right. There can be better things. There can. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm getting to your head too. You're bringing back my face. <laughs> Man, do I feel your pain right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't think you had heard that story. No, I hadn't. I had not heard that story. I know you've heard some of mine, but I, I had not heard that from you. Right. And it's humbling. Yeah. But yet, I'm also glad I was able to stop. Yeah. Because the likelihood of me dying was pretty low considering what I was in. Severely injured, yeah. Me killing somebody else, really high. So it was a very good thing I stopped for others and for me because I found an amazing one. I have two more amazing girls and I am super happy. I am so happy where I'm at. Was it hard for you to decide to get married again? No, not hard at all. Was that because of who she was or because of a decision you'd made? Both. I, did, I had already determined I was going to be remarried. For one, I was going to find somebody that was going to be good to me and to my kids. They needed me to be stable. And I knew me. I knew me even then when I was, you know, not fully back to myself. I needed that sort of support of a spouse. And it's hard to explain that considering what I was had gone through, but I knew I needed it. I was stronger with that sort of help. And then I met my wife and so, okay. Now you've heard this country dance and that was my, that was my thing. I, I still love to do it. I can do it for like two minutes now, not hours on end like I used to. But it, and maybe this is relevant, maybe not. But so when I got introduced to her, she showed up at the place dancing, and they're like, "Hey, somebody new. This is your name." We immediately went out and danced. That's what I did. Is there somebody new coming? I was my way of a, a female anyway. My way of welcoming them is. If they didn't know how, I taught them. I I was good. I don't. I'm not trying to be a braggart. I was a good dancer, and I worked really hard to get there because I was loudly as a teenager. But I learned anyway. And then, but normally I would dance once or one or two dances, and then go grab somebody else and go dance. But I didn't. We went, and I said, "Let's go sit down and talk." That was not what I normally did. And then a couple of months later, we went on our first date. And then three months later, I was an idiot, broke up for a little bit. And then we got back together and got married. Because she was generous and let me back in. And you got married and this marriage has been night and day difference. It's night time. and day difference. I mean, it doesn't mean there's not struggles. Of course there's struggles. I mean, she went from being never being married, no kids, having her own house to her when her mom and grandma came around, they stayed there to me moving in, bringing in reality at the time, three kids because my ex-wife's daughter would come there too. 
three kids all of a sudden once a week and every other weekend in the house. And meaning her mom and grandma ended up buying a house just down the street. And so they had a place because they no longer did. I displaced some of her family, quite literally moving in. And all of that's a struggle. Well, you get married, those things happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that makes sense. She got along pretty well with your kids right away? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. So the youngest was uh, three. I don't remember how old she was. Not very old. And so we have horses, and my wife had those at the time. So I decided, I called her up one Saturday and said, Hey, do I have my kids? Do you want to meet my kids? Uh, sure, this is where I'm at. She's riding her horse. Said, All right. And we showed up and it was perfect because you're riding a horse, you're not clean, you're not all dolled up, <laughs> right? But she was okay with that. And my daughter was terrified. She wrapped her arms and legs around me and I had two hands free to do whatever I needed to. She's clinging to me because she was terrified of them great big animals. She'd not been around horses before? She had. Oh, I mean, I grew up around all these animals, grew up in a little town. Having them, but she had. Yeah, I was gonna say I've pretty much the whole time I've known you, I've associated you with horses. That's one of the things I learned about you early on. Yeah. And uh, so that that's surprising to hear. Uh, but I guess at that time, you know, early on in marriage, you're struggling. You don't own horses. No real reason for the kids to be around, especially if you're moving a lot. Right. So yeah, that that actually makes sense now that I'm thinking about it. And then so you remarry, more kids now. Yep. Yeah, we had our first one was born because she we were married in May. She came along the next July, so really quick. Really quick. And then there was a miscarriage, and then another one right after that, two years later. Cool. So you had two kids with your with your wife now. Yeah. And then three kids. Two. Two. Now, plus yeah. the other one that. Right. But and she eventually quit coming around. And That's unfortunate. It is, but you know, we still text or Facebook message once some great wild first days and stuff, so there's still still communication there. Wow, and that's probably best. As far as your former spouse getting remarried, did that affect you at all? No, not really. That's so the first guy the guy she married twice. See so when we got she divorced. Okay, I'm kind of a hick. You know, grew up around horses. My oldest brother was into rodeo, and that's significant only because the guy she married, she said she'd never marry anybody like me. The guy she married rodeoed with my oldest brother. So that's kind of funny that stayed in the same kind of lines, even though she said she never would. Some people have a type, <laughs> right? I have a type. It's not a healthy type. That's <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I got to do more work on myself. <laughs> so at this point, I th I think I know the answer, but I think it merits a, maybe a short conversation. Would you say that you've recovered from that divorce and that relationship? Oh yeah. How long do you think that took you? Um. Probably tell my daughter from that marriage was 18, and I could say, now I 
don't have to deal with you only on significant issues, which was when she got married a couple of years ago and there weren't any issues. We did the bridal shower at my house. And with her daughter, so it would have been my former stepdaughter, she got married and and when she got pregnant, we did a baby shower for her at my house. And your former wife came over and- Of course, like, yeah. Cause it's like, come over, They're, this is for them. We don't have to have any issues here. And not a big deal. So once your well, kids were- like, We're able just to let it go and have pleasantries. And if I ever, I, and I ran into her different places, it's like, hi, and move on. So once they were over 18, because there wasn't things to say, well, it's my turn to have them. Well, no, I don't, you can't because we're doing this. It's like, uh, no, this is what it says. And it will happen. Cause for instance, there was a, a Christmas time. She's like, well, you can't pick them up till this time. And I said, no, this is what it says. I will be there at this time. And she goes, but, and I said, if I have to, I will be there with the police. So I will pick them up. And I sent her an email with, with all the codes that show this is what could happen to you. Her question to me is, what will that show the kids? How much I love them and want to be with them. Guess what? There was no issues. I showed up and grabbed the kids and we went on our way. And it happened to be over a Christmas holiday thing. And I wasn't about to budge one inch. Because, and this goes from both sides. You can't fudge it because if you do, it'll get changed constantly and it'll make it harder to get your time or their time. So, which means for me, I needed to be, okay, I will have them there at this time and I needed to do it. And I always, always did it. It's an issue of boundaries, I think. Yeah. Right. If you, if you let somebody push those, that's not good. Right. Because now they know they can't. And yeah, if you're divorced, your former spouse, not everyone, not all the time, but it definitely does happen. That's why there's a whole court system. That's why you have the decree. It establishes the boundaries. Right. And you're not supposed to violate that, but that goes into the other conversation that we went on the long rant on a lot yes. earlier <laughs> and why we have <laughs> issues. If you could go back and talk to yourself when you were going through the worst of it, that might've been maybe year one. That might've been the actual divorce might've been the separation. If you could talk to yourself then, what would you say? Don't move around. So if, once you decide to get the divorce, do it. Don't let it drag on. Get it done as quick as you possibly can. Sometimes it's impossible to do it fast. Sometimes it's easy. Because the longer you drag that out, the more there other things can happen. And the harder it is to get back to you. Back to yourself. To, so you can be better for you and your kids if there's kids involved. You know, there's a guy that I interviewed and I, I don't think his episode will ever get published because I, I respect him. And, and he said he 
well, he didn't say anything. He kind of vanished. <laughs> and so I don't have his okay to put the episode out, but I'm, I'm a little jealous of what he did. And it's, it sounds a little harsh, but he loves his, his kids very much. And after the divorce, which I met him when he was still finalizing stuff, he kind of out of the blue decided to move to another state and he talked to me about how much he loved his kids and about how he thought his relationship was better after the divorce. And that's not an easy decision to make. No. Because you, again, they're a part of you. Right. But I followed up with him a couple times since then. And he is very happy. He started a business. He's got a girlfriend that he's very happy with. And he got to start his life right away. So... I, it, it shouldn't have to be that you have to sacrifice your kids to find you, but he did and he's happier. Well, I shouldn't say he sacrificed his kids. He didn't, right? He still has a relationship with them. It's just not what it would have been in person. And the reason I think about that a lot is because I had plans to do the same thing. I had plans to move to another state where I have more family, uh, would have had more support, at least in my mind. I don't know if it, obviously, right? Yeah. Who knows what would happen. But I think about that a lot. A lot. Because it's not that I love my kids any less. It's that, again, when those relationships are terrible, your life is terrible. And starting a new life without that clean break, that's hard. It's very hard. So, I mean, I feel fortunate. I prayed a lot. I had a huge support system around me constantly. And partially because how long, you know, whole life in this county. So, I mean, all that made it easier for me. But I contemplated going somewhere else too. Now I can't for my kids. And it was by far the best thing. Because there was a one point where my wife, she lost her job, the company she'd been working for shut down. And so we sent my resume all over the place. I got a call from a company in Alaska, a place I've, I've been a few times, that's where my wife grew up, but I've dreamed of living there because of the hunting, the outdoor recreation, the fishing. I love fishing in the ocean. Um, they basically told them, they, they said, we can't just give you the job. Come talk to us if you come up here, uh, which means I had the job, a big pay increase. And I chose not to, to be here for my kids. And it was a very good thing. I chose not to, because my boy needed me here. I couldn't have been tens of those thousands of miles away. I couldn't have left at the drop of a hat to be wherever he needed me within a few minutes. So yeah, him leaving the stake, good for him. And it works. Sometimes it's best not to. Yeah. Well, I stayed right. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Now that's, you know, my kids are older now, but <laughs> not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. I don't have that long left either. <laughs> and it's a very good feeling. When you pay that last child support chunk, it's amazing to know next month I get all of my money. 
<laughs> Some funny. <laughs> my dad called me on my 18th birthday. <laughs> my parents were divorced. He calls me on my 18th birthday. He always called on my birthday. Yeah. Right. And he goes, "Do you know what today is?" <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you know, I'm 18 year old teenager, right? I got a bit of an attitude with everything. I, go, uh, I guess it's my birthday. He goes, no, <laughs> I am writing the last check to your mom. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He was so happy. <laughs> and you know, honestly. I couldn't help but smile and laugh too. Because right. it was like, yeah, I know this hasn't been fun for either of you either. Yeah. You know, it's not been great for any of us. So, and I love my dad. He's great. Yeah. He comes to visit pretty often, as often as I can. Um, so, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. If you could pass on something to someone else that you learned who's going through it, Um, find a support system and, but always realize there's two sides to every story. And so when people ask you your story, as you tell them yours, say, but she has a story to, or he, the others, because it's different. You may want to think it's not, but it is. Everybody's perspective is different. They keep that in mind, especially with kids. And this has been a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad. I hope it's it's been a bit cathartic for you. And thank you so much for sharing the things My you did. Pleasure. And uh, I think this story will help people out there. I hope so.